Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Let's go to John chapter 5, verse 1 for the Word of the Lord today. Amen. Good to see y'all in church. Everybody glad to be here today? Amen. All right. You're here. You might as well get glad, right? So you can enjoy it. John 5, 1 through 9. Tap to start. There we go. Hey, that's not right. It says I only got three minutes left in my sermon. <laughs> Amen. All right. Here we go. Technology. John 5 and verse 1. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whosoever, or whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 Years. Tell your neighbor, that's a long time. Amen. <laughs> and when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise Take up your bed and walk. And I love verse 9. Immediately the man was made well. Took up his bed and he walked. Amen. And that day was the Sabbath. I want to preach on this subject today. A place of mercy. A place of mercy. Now, there's an interesting story that's recorded in the chapter that we just read. The fifth chapter of the Gospel of John. Jesus had gone up from Cana of Galilee to Jerusalem to celebrate one of the great religious feasts there. And once he was inside the city, he comes to a pool, a pool of Bethesda. It was also known as Bethsaida. And the Bible says there was a great multitude of sick people that had gathered there. Now, the name Bethesda means house of mercy. Now, interestingly enough, in this story, if you happen to be reading this passage out of a Bible that's not the King James Version or the New King James Version, which, by the way, I read plenty of other versions of the Bible, so I'm not here to disparage other versions. But if you read that out of a version other than the KJV or the New King James Version, the mention of the pool and the story of the angel in verse 4 might be omitted from your Bible. Now, the reason for that is this passage was thought by some translators to have been added after the original manuscripts. Some theologians consider the angel portion of the story to be more of a fable that the Jews believed in than a fact. Now, I'm not getting into that debate today, but I chose to read the New King James Version passage to you that includes that verse. Amen. Now, it was believed 
that at certain times an angel of the Lord would come down to the pool and they would stir the surface of the water and the first person that would enter into that pool afterwards was cured of whatever disease or whatever ailment they had. Now for this reason, lying all around the pool in an area that was kind of like porches were sick and paralyzed people. These people all hoped that they would be the first one to enter the pool after the angel had stirred the pool. And many of these people came out of desperation, out of hope, out of a belief that at this pool they could possibly experience a miracle in their lives. So it's in this atmosphere that Jesus shows up, the place of mercy. And he begins to walk among the people. Now, what was different about this, though, unlike other days, he does not just indiscriminately begin to heal everybody that he comes in contact with. You know, you can read lots of the stories where Jesus goes into a crowd and everybody he touches, everybody he prays for gets healed. But in this story, instead of just walk, walking through the crowd and touching all the people, he's drawn to one particular man that the Bible says had been ill for 38 years. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what the nature of his disease was or what caused the condition that he was in or, or uh, why he was rendered unable to walk. The Bible doesn't tell us why, among all the others that were there, that Jesus chose this particular man to heal. It could have been because Jesus had already known that he'd been sick for 38 years. Think about this. This guy had been sick longer than Jesus had been alive. Who knows how many times Jesus had walked by, even as a boy, and saw this man laying at that pool and wondered about his life. But one thing we do know from this scripture is that this guy did not ask for Jesus' help. He didn't cry out to him, and if he did, it wasn't recorded in the scripture. In fact, this man didn't even know who Jesus was. So here he was, this guy that had been in desperate need for a miracle for 38 years, laying there waiting. Maybe he was used to people dropping some money in a cup, you know, because he would have had to beg for his existence. Maybe he was there. Maybe he had lost all hope many years ago of thinking, you know, every time the angel comes, somebody else beats me to the punch. And maybe, maybe for whatever, who knows what the reason was he was there. Now, before I get too deep into my sermon here today, I just want to stop and say that in this house, and maybe even people who are watching online today, there's a lot of people with a lot of different reasons for being here. Some of you, maybe you come to church out of habit, and by the way, that's a great habit to be in, amen? And maybe going to church is something that you do because you just know it's the right thing to do, so you come, and I applaud you for that. Some of you might be here because a family member or a friend invited you to come today. Some of you, you've been here a long time. This church is the church that you love, and so you're here through thick and thin. Maybe some of you are even checking out churches in the area today, so you happen to be at Life Church. Some of you are watching online live, or some of you are going to watch this at another time that's not Sunday, April the 3rd. But you've been sitting by your own pool of Bethesda for whatever reason, for a long time waiting. Waiting for something mystical. Waiting for something magical to happen. Maybe waiting for something that will perpetuate a change in your life. Something that will restore your hope. 
Some of you in this house, some of you online, you need a miracle. You need a fresh touch of God in your life. Amen. Maybe it's a financial miracle that you need. Maybe it's a physical healing that you need. Maybe there's a relationship that is broken or fractured. Maybe you're a believer, but you need a powerful spiritual transformation, a change from God, an endowment with power from on high. I don't know what the reason is today, but there's good news. You are in a place like Bethesda. You are in the house of mercy. Amen. Come on, somebody. You are in a place of mercy. This church is not named Bethesda, but this is a house of the Lord, and this is a place where you can meet the God of mercy in your life. Now, I'm glad for the love and the mercy of God today. His love is not just a passive feeling. It is a powerful force. There is no force in this world that is stronger than the love of Jesus and the mercy of God. Come on, somebody. The love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus to take a man, to take a woman, to take a broken life and to transform us into something new. Is there anybody in the house that that is your testimony? That is your story. Amen. I'm glad for the love of God, and I'm thankful for the mercy of God. And when Jesus saw that lame man, he didn't just see that he was crippled. He saw all of the circumstances of a past that had brought that man to where he was, and the Bible says he extended mercy to him. You see, I'm so glad that when Jesus looks at our lives, he looks into your life, he looks into your heart, he looks at your past, he looks at all the circumstances that have brought you to where you are. And you know what? He doesn't need one word of explanation. He already knows. He already knows. King David said this. He said, you know my uprising. You know my downsitting. You know all that there is to know about me. I can't think a thought in my mind, but what together, altogether, Lord, you already know it. You see, he knows what you're thinking. He knows the discouragement that you might be feeling in your life. He knows that you may need help. He knows what you are going to face tomorrow before we even know. Amen. So when Jesus comes and he encounters this man, and he asks him an important question. He says, do you want to get well? Now, by the way, that is still a critical question. That I need to ask us here today, do you want to get well? See, because it's not enough that Jesus is walking by, do you want to get well? Come on, it doesn't matter that you're in the place of mercy, do you want to get well? Amen. See, I can want it for you, your wife can want it for you, your family can want it for you, but do you want to get well? Come on, I got to ask somebody, do you want to come out of the cave of depression? Amen. Come on, do you want to break the bonds of addiction? Do you want to be healed from whatever it is that is tormenting your life? See, can we be honest today and say, there's a lot of people that they come to church, but they don't really want to be well. Can I, can I just be honest with you and say, sometimes people are more comfortable living in their dysfunction in their depression, in their discouragement, than they are at being willing to take a risk of changing and getting well. Amen. Imagine with me for a moment, this man had laid here for 38 years. There was a little bit of risk involved in him getting well. 
The life that he had known his entire life was, would change. His living would change. He'd gotten used to laying there and putting out his, his tin cup. It would be akin to asking somebody, let's say you were a trust fund baby. Anybody know what a trust fund baby is? You're a trust, and, and all of a sudden you go up to this person that's lived off the trust fund their whole life, and you look at them and go, hey, you know what? How would you like to just be cut off from the flow of money and start taking care of yourself? Mm, I'm not too sure about that one. Amen. You know, it would be like asking someone who had lived on, on welfare or the assistance of someone else or government support or, or they've ha always had somebody taking care of them to say, hey, how would you like to take a risk and change your life? How would you like to, to not? And you know what's interesting? Look at this story. Jesus said, do you want to get well? And the lame man didn't answer. <laughs> now, he needs to be glad that it was Jesus that asked the question and not me. Because when I, he started giving the excuse, I want you to look at this. The guy goes, uh, Lord, I, I, you know, every time I want to get well, nobody's here to put me in the water. And, and Jesus, you know, if it had been me, I mean, no, 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 that ain't what I asked you. What I asked you was, do you want to get well? It's kind of like watching the press secretary, and it doesn't matter if it's Pasaki for, for Biden or if it was whoever the girl was for Trump. And, and you know, they always ask the press secretaries for every president these tricky questions, and then they totally ignore the question. And then they go to their prepared remarks, and they read the bullet points, and then somebody else will throw the same question out there, and then they'll just totally ignore the question. This guy's laying there, and Jesus goes, hey, do you want to get well? And he goes, well... Nobody will take me into, no, I don't want to hear your excuses. Do you want to get, well, well, you know, you don't understand. I've been like this all my life. No, 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 I want to know, do you want to get well? Well, you don't understand. I was raised in a house with addicts, and so I started off on the wrong foot. No, 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 my question is, do you want to get well? <laughs> Come on, somebody, you know. Well, you don't understand. My mama put pampers on me the wrong way when I was a kid, and I've been messed up ever No, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? See, it doesn't matter what brought you to where you are. The question is, are you ready to get out from where you are to where you need to be? Come on, somebody. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Hallelujah. He didn't reply yes. But guess what? I'm glad it was Jesus and not me. Because look what Jesus did. John chapter 5 and verse 8. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately that man was made well. Jesus didn't say, hey, quit giving me excuses. I'll come back next year and see if you want to get. No, he just said, rise. Take up your bed and walk. See, that's what mercy is. Hallelujah. That's what God does for us. He gives us grace when we don't deserve it. Come on. He gives us mercy when we should have gotten judgment. Come on. He gives us love when we should have gotten a rebuke. He gives us forgiveness when we should have gotten scolded. That's what mercy does. And you're in a place of mercy today. And why don't we give God some glory and praise. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. If you will stay long enough in the place of mercy, and by the way, the place of mercy is anywhere Jesus is. Hallelujah. If you can get in the right frame of mind, if you can get in the right posture, the posture of yes, he can help you to rise up and walk. He can take away your lameness. He can take away your feebleness. He can take away your weakness if you'll just stay long enough in the place of mercy. I want to tell somebody here today, I want to encourage somebody today, your guilt can be overcome today by God's mercy. Come on. Your addictions can be broken by God's mercy. Your shame can be covered by God's mercy. Today is not a day of judgment. Today is not the day that the church and the preacher are going to slap you on the wrist for all the dumb stuff you've done in your life. Come on. We've had enough of that in Christianity. You know what we need? We need to find an altar of forgiveness and say, God, I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need it. Amen. I need it. Let me tell you a little bit more about the place where Jesus met this man and gave him mercy. The passage said there in Jerusalem, and there's this little part they insert, by the sheep market. There was a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. The Bible specifically tells us this pool was next to a sheep market. Now history tells us that this place was next to a sheep market, and a sheep market was not a place where the elite met to have their business lunches. Come on. The sheep market was not Maymont Park. This was not Short Pump Town Center, amen. This was not Stony Point. This was not the outdoor dining patio at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Hallelujah, amen. (laughs) The pool of Bethesda, was not where you took your Starbucks and your laptop for a relaxing afternoon of work. It wasn't. You didn't take your kids to the sheep market to feed the ducks. Amen. It was the watering trough for the sheep that were there to be sold and there to be slaughtered. It was on the outskirts of the city of Jerusalem. It was not a pleasant place to be. Now, I don't know if you know very much about sheep. But if you get a sheep wet, you have a stinky animal on your hands. If you got a whole bunch of stinky, wet sheep, sheep that need to be sheared, sheep that are ready to go to the market, sheep who do number one and number two, amen. Sheep everywhere. All that bleeding, all those shepherds hollering. Everybody trying to get their, their, their sheep together. I want you to get the picture here. This is not a pleasant place. This is not the footprints in the sand image, amen, of the beach and Jesus carrying you along, amen. That's not this. This is a place for outcasts. This is a place on the outside of town. This was the industrial park on the outside of town in the rundown area. It's an area where people went to do business. No padded seats, no air-conditioned building, no cafe in the lobby with free pastries and coffee. None of that. It was not the place that you would imagine that Almighty God in all of His glory and all of His splendor would would choose to go through. But in actuality, do you know what? That's exactly how and where God works His best. 
You see, can I just be honest with you? God is not impressed with fancy church buildings. He's not impressed with three-piece suits and nice neckties and pretty Easter dresses. Amen? Come on, we all love that stuff. God's not impressed with any of that. You know what God does? He finds the broken and the downcast. Amen? He finds the ones that have been overlooked by everybody else. He finds those that are without hope. He says, you know what I hear? I hear the bleeding of sheep. And the closer he gets there, he goes, whew, you know what I smell? I smell a bunch of sheep by the market, amen. You know what I see? I see crippled people laying around because they have no hope. I see people that are bound by addictions. I see people that are broken. And that's where I want to be. God's mercy. It's so beautiful. It's so powerful. I don't know how many times David talked about the mercy of the Lord, but I just want to read just a portion of Psalm 136. It's called the mercy chapter. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. Why don't you read the last part with me? To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, you ready? For his mercy endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. It goes on for 27 more verses like that. Blah, 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 blah. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Other translations said it this way. His love endures forever. You know why? Because love is expressed by mercy. Amen? When David thought about his God, he did not think only about a God of judgment. He didn't just think about a God that would destroy. Although God is a just God, and God does judge. But he realized that when he came before the throne of God and poured out his soul before God, that the mercy of God would be extended to him. The scripture declares... <coughs> he that covers his sin shall not prosper. Amen? I want to encourage somebody today, if you're overcome by some sins in your life, realize that God Almighty, the God of heaven, he already knows your thoughts. He already knows your motives. He knows what your spirit is. And he sees you in the secret places where no one else is around. David said this, he said, where can I go to hide from him? David said, if I make my bed in hell, he is there. If I go to the highest mountain, he is there. If I flee across the ocean, he is there. And you know what? Depending upon your, how your relationship with Jesus, that might be good news or it might be bad news, right? Your perspective. It says, he that covers his sins will not prosper. But I want you to see the rest of that verse, Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but... Whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Hallelujah. You are in a place of mercy today. I want to encourage somebody, uncover what is covered. Ask for forgiveness. 
begin a brand new journey. I want to speak to some believers right now. Well, I'm already a Christian. Who's he talking to? I want to talk to some believers right now. Uncover what is covered. Ask for his mercy. Ask for his grace. Ask for his forgiveness. Whoever, notice it says whoever confesses. I'm glad that that word whoever includes me. (laughs) It includes you. It includes everybody, amen? You are a whoever. And guess what? He will cover your whatever. Amen. And he will do it whenever. You are ready for him to do it, amen? And it will last forever. Hallelujah. That's how great his mercy is. It endures forever. This is a place of mercy. I want to ask the praise team and the musicians to come. See, if I'm guilty and if I'm wrong, then all I need to do is go to Calvary. But if I've confessed my sins and forsaken my sins, I can walk with my head held high by the grace of God. I can walk with my shoulders square back and I can say, in the name of Jesus, his mercy has covered me and it endures forever. I am a recipient of the mercy of God. I don't know what your story is, but I'm going to tell you, he found me by a pool of Bethesda. When Jesus found me, I was next to the sheep market. Come on. He found me maimed. He found me broken as a teenager. He found me lame. He found me even when I didn't know I needed help. But he spoke to me. And he said, what would you have me do for you? I want you to stand with me all over this place. John chapter 5 and verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody, Jesus has seen your condition. He knows you've been there a long time. You think he doesn't know, but he knows. You think he doesn't care, but he cares. And you may not even feel strong enough. You may not even feel in a place where you're you're worthy. None of us are worthy. Don't let the devil sell you that bill of goods, amen? Don't let him tell you that line. None of us are worthy of the grace of God and the mercy of God in our lives. That's why it's mercy. That's why it's grace. Hallelujah. Jesus said, do you want to be made well? And that's my question as we wrap up this service here today. Do you want to be made well? Well, I already love Jesus. I'm a believer. That's, that's right. But there's a whole lot of believers that are not well. Can the church say amen to that? There's a whole lot of believers that are not whole. There's a whole lot of believers that are hurting. There's a lot of believers that are offended. There's a lot of believers that have scars. There's a lot of believers that feel disqualified. There's a lot of believers that for whatever reason the devil's just kind of got you under his foot. And you've been there for so long that you just feel like, you know what? I've been this way my whole life. Why should I expect anything to change? Michael can get the blessing. The angel will come and help Lisa in 
Somebody will help Tracy into the pool. But I've just kind of resolved that I'm always going to be this way. That is a lie from the devil. Come on, somebody. That's a lie from the enemy. If I had it in my power, I would just wave my hands like Jesus did and make everybody whole and healed. But all I can do is point you to the way and say, do you want to be made well? And if you do, I want to encourage you to step out from where you are. Believer, unbeliever. If you're not a believer yet, I want to encourage you to repent of your sins and ask God to come into your life. Ask Christ to come into your heart. Amen. Confess Him. Allow Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And begin to make that journey with Jesus. But if you're a believer and you're not where you want to be, and none of us really are where we want to be, right? Come on, can I get a little help in this house? Amen. Then just say, God, I just need your mercy every morning. I need your grace every day. I need it afresh in my life. As the team begins to sing, I want to open this altar, and I want to invite you to come. Some of you just need to come and say, God, I thank you for your mercy. Here I am. It's another day, and you're still with me. Here I am, and you've made a way. Amen. Here I am, and you've protected me. Amen. And for others, you just need to come out and say, God, I need a fresh dose. I need a a fresh revelation of what you've done in my life. I need your mercy. Amen. Let's come. Would you come? Amen. Come on. God is worthy. Amen. He's worthy. That's it. God, I thank you for mercy. I thank you for mercy. Come on. That's right.
direct you real quick while you're worshiping. We have one that's getting ready to be baptized. Amen. If you'd like to join her and be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. If you want to be baptized, maybe that's your next step in your walk with God. I encourage you, join us to my left and your right. We'd love to baptize you today. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands? Let's just worship the Lord. Amen. Come on, let's bless them all over this house. Hallelujah. He's a way maker. Amen. He's a way maker. Yes, God. Thank you for your grace. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, yeah. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your That's right. Let's do every morning. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. You never stop. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop.
Aren't you excited? Somebody's getting ready to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus today. Amen. There's no other saving name like the name of Jesus. Sarah, we love you. We're so proud of you. Amen. Sarah Cooper's getting ready to be baptized. Sarah, just take your left hand, pick your nose like that, and take your other hand right there. You ready? Sarah Cooper, by the profession of your faith and in obedience to the word of God, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Hallelujah! Yes, Lord, bless her right now, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Thank you for your grace. That's it. God bless her. Order her steps, God. Let your blessing be upon her, Lord. Oh, thank you, God, for a new start. Thank you for a fresh start today, Lord. We rejoice. We thank you today, God, for your blessing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Thank you, Lord. 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 of God on our lives. Every day this week, I want you to wake up and say, God, your mercy is new today. Whatever I face, whatever I'm going through, you have given me enough grace and to, to, it's sufficient to make it through this day. Amen. God bless you. Love everybody. Wednesday night, first Wednesday prayer, 7 o'clock. Hope to see you then. This Saturday, love our church work day, 9 o'clock. And of course, next Sunday, we'll be back for Palm Sunday. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Have a great week. Amen.